Well, we're in a series called Who Do You Think You Are? Come on, just touch three people and say, Who do you think you are? Come on, touch three. Come on, get friendly with your neighbors. It's okay. Who do you think you are? If you have a Bible, turn to Philippians 4. We're going to go 4 through 8. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. You got it? Say amen. You don't say, hold up. All right, we're good. Here we go. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. If it wasn't good enough the first time, I'm going to say it again. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart. Amen. And your minds through Christ Jesus. And here he says, finally, brethren, we've been in this for a long time. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, or another translation says, think on these things. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, because we have a saying here that says, paper never forgets. I might forget what I preached, but but your paper will never forget. Amen? I would like for you to title this message, uh, Joy No Matter What. Mm, This is going to be fun. Joy No Matter What. Lord, I thank you right now for the Word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than in every two-edged sword. Lord, I pray right now that your people are receptive to hear your Word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a Word from man, but they've come to hear a Word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, let no one leave the same. Let every life be changed. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Now, we have a saying here, and I, before I rudely... Uh, move forward. My name is Brian Sparks. I am the lead pastor here at the Church Royce City. I just assume that everybody knows who I am uh, because you should. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you know me or not, but I'm pretty awesome. Just kidding. Uh, no, I'm just just totally playing. But uh, uh, my name is Brian Sparks, and we're so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for coming. We have prayed for you to come, and uh, we pray that uh, we always pray that you find a church home. If this is not the church for you, we pray that you find a church that fits you, and you get plugged in and get involved. Amen. Joy, no matter what. I, I know that this rolls off the tongue real easy when you're preaching, but it's a whole other thing to live out, right? Uh, joy and no matter what. I mean, uh, it's easy to be happy. It's easy to be joyful. It's easy to, to have, when everything's going your way and everything's lining up and everything's going uh, like it should and all the bills are paid and the kids are passing the school and, and everything seems to be going really well, it's really easy to say, hey, let's have joy no matter what. But I wonder if there's anybody in this place that's ever had a bad day. No, no, you're like, no, I, I've never had. No, I'm, I'm not talking about like, oh, you know, it was a little off. You know, it just, it wasn't just the greatest day, you know. It was, no, I'm, th- I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a day when everything that can go wrong 
does go wrong. Has anybody ever had a day when you're sitting here going, this is like, I mean, everything, if it, if, if it can't, if there can be a flat tire, guess what? We're going to have a flat tire. If there can be a massive traffic jam on 30, come, come on, we're, there's going to be a massive traffic jam. If there, if there is anything that can go wrong, it ha- is and will and has gone wrong. I'm talking about a bad day. I, I had one such day years and years ago. I was uh, I worked for the fire department in Longview. All my firemen, anybody in here? No, okay. I got a couple in first service. They're early, early here. But uh, I, I worked at uh, I worked at the uh, Longview Fire uh, Department, and I had a, a couple of guys, and we wanted to go on a four wheeler ride. Now I like riding four wheelers. I had a four wheeler growing up, but at this time I didn't have one, and so I was like, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'll borrow one. So I call a buddy and say, hey, can I borrow your four-wheeler? He's like, yeah, sure. So we load up, and I've never been to the, the hills or mountains of Arkansas, and, and they, they want to go to this place. And so we load up, and we head that way. And, uh, and, and I'm excited. Come on, it's going to be a good trip, good getaway, hanging out with the guys. Come on, guys trip, man trip. That's what I'm talking about. No women around. No estrogen in the room. You don't have to talk about your feelings. Huh? Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, anyway, so here we are. We get there, and we get there. We pull in, and it's dark. It's late. Well, like any good husband, all of us are husbands, and, and we go, you know, we got to make a phone call. Well, in this particular location where we were at, there's no cell phone signal down in uh, uh, where we were staying. So you have to ride the four-wheelers up to the top of the mountain to be able to make a phone call. That's okay, late night ride. Come on, let's do this. There's no women to tell us we shouldn't. So here we go. We take off. We take off. We head up. We get to the top. I say, hey, honey, we made it. Awesome. Going to have so much fun. And uh, we, we, everybody says there, you know, I love you, you know, trying to be manly. But we, we start back down the mountain, and, and it's pretty curvy, and we're, we're rolling around. Well, we come around one corner, and I'm following a guy about the same speed. Well, we come around this corner, and apparently I, I didn't make the turn good enough. And so here I am, and I'm having this moment, and I'm realizing I am about to go off the edge of the mountain. Okay? This is not good. You ever have one of those, will be Christian, oh no moments? Uh-oh. Just one of those uh-oh moments, you know? Uh, everything clenches up, and you're like, oh, 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 and I'm like, no, 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 and then uh, here I go, and I'm rolling down the side of this mountain. Now, I, I'm in a place, I have no idea, I'm hitting trees, come on, I, I've got stuff slapping me, I, I'm, I'm like, man, and I finally come to a stop. Now, the four-wheeler that I borrowed yeah. is further down the mountain than I am, but I come to a rest, and, I, and it's one of those things like you, you, you kind of, it's one of, the, everything comes to you at once, and you're like, did that just happen, you know, did, and then you start automatically patting yourself, like making sure that everything is good, like I, I have all limbs intact, everything seems to be okay, of course, I am, I, I've got scratches all over me, I, my nose is bleeding, Come on, I'm hurting. And then all of a sudden the adrenaline wears off and I realize I'm sitting here in the pitch black and my shoulder hurts. Later on I found out that I dislocated my uh, clavicle. And, uh, and so it hurts so bad. Now then I'm at the bottom uh, of this mountain and I have to climb back up. 
Okay, so I start climbing back up, and I finally get to the top. Not only that, but at this time, I had not quit dipping snuff, and so my snuff can had disintegrated in my pocket. It's just a bad day. Now, I don't get all holy. I don't dip anymore, but at that time, I did, and I'd had a bad day, so I reached in my pocket like any snuff dipper, and I grabbed a pinch, and I put it... (laughs) Hey, Lynn ain't bothering me at this moment. Amen. So here I was. I was having a hard time, and I get to the top thinking, my buddies are going to be here. It's going to be ridiculous. They're going to razz me. It's going to be bad. And I get to the top, and there is nobody around. For some reason, the moment I went off, there was nobody behind me to see me go off. So I'm sitting in a place beaten up, four-wheelers at the bottom of a mountain, and I am hurting, and I don't even have a clue where I'm at. Can anybody say bad day? You're having a, you're having a bad day. And so I, I do, I'm like, I don't know what to do, so I start walking down the side of the mountain. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just take off walking down this road. So we take off, and, and here we are. Finally, somebody comes along, says, hey, can I help you? And I'm like, I don't even know where I'm at. He said, well, maybe this place. So he takes me into, this, uh, into the camp, and I find my home. Now that I am hurt, I, and all the guys are kind of feel bad, but kind of laughing, you know. And uh, I'm like, I just want to clean up. I'm, I've got dirt and mud. You know, come on. So uh, I finally get in, like I get in the bath. I'm like, I just need to just get, get in the bath. So I get in the bath. I get cleaned up. And I'm getting out. And as I'm getting out, I'm doing that. My shoulders hurt, remember? So I'm trying to put the drawers on. <laughs> come on. Y'all know what I'm talking With a hurt shoulder, you're like, oh. And, uh, and as I'm doing this and trying to work this, a guy comes in to check on me. Now, as he opens the door, the door catches my toenail and rips my toenail off. Now, I had a bad day. Like, y'all know what I'm talking about. If it can go wrong... It just seems like it's going to go wrong. And, and I read things like this, and here Paul is. He's obviously talking to us, and he's saying, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Obviously, Paul, you've never had a bad day. Obviously, you've never been through a situation where you're rolling down the side of the mountain. Because over and over again, it's undoubtedly the, the, uh, the very topic of the book of Philippians, because 16 times he mentions joy or rejoice. Over, He must be on a beach somewhere, come on, with a big cold glass of water on it, uh, you know, just hanging out, enjoying the sunrise and the sunsets, and he's going, come on, because I can be happy when everything's going right. When everything is going my way, I can write, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, because in those moments, everything is right, and everything is good, and everything is like it should be. But what about on days when it's all going wrong, when everything is going badly? What about those days. And the ironic thing about this is Paul is writing these words from prison. He's not on a beach somewhere. 
Jake. He's not hanging out, enjoying himself. Oh, sunrise, sunset. Oh, I'm in this beautiful place right now. Everything is going wrong. No, he is sitting in a prison. And I'm not talking about our prisons, like three hots and a cot. You know, I'm talking about like he's laying on the ground, chained to a guard in It's pitch black darkness. There's nobody around. And he's chained to a guard. And not only is he in prison, but he's awaiting his execution. Rejoice, Paul? Really? How, How can you rejoice in a time like this? How can you write words like this over and over and over again? How can you write about this when everything in your life is clearly going wrong? If it has gone bad for Paul, it is, it is clearly in, in a bad situation at a bad time. I'm not only in prison, but I'm awaiting my execution, and he's still taking time to say, just be happy. Rejoice. It's okay. Just be joyful. And I wonder, how come Paul can say this thing? Is because he knows Something that we all should know is there is a massive difference between happiness and joy. There is a massive difference between happiness and joy. I want to share just a few with you. You ready? Come on. We say a quiet church is a? We're not a dead church, are we? Amen. Number one, happiness is external, but joy is internal. Happiness comes from the outside. Happiness is something that happens to you, right? Joy is something that comes through you. I, I, I know that a lot of people will say, but you don't understand, Pastor, what I've been through. You don't understand it's the hard knocks life for me. You know, I, I've had a lot of bad things happen in my life. And let me just tell you that my life is not all, it's not all roche, uh, ro- roses and peaches. It has some roaches in it. Come on. There, there's some times when it's bad. There's some times when it's difficult. There's some times when things go wrong. But, but a lot of times we think that our situation is worse than anybody else's. Right? Because we're going through it. Nobody else is going through it, but we're going through it. And the truth is, is that we have to understand that happiness is external and joy is internal. If there's anybody that understands this, maybe I don't know your situation, but I can tell you that Paul's been through worse. Well, no, you don't understand. No, let me just tell you. In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul just describes a few of the things, and he keeps going. But here, let me just tell you a few of the things that he went through. It says this. He says, five times. Come on, somebody say five. Five, five times I received 39 lashes. The 39 lashes that Jesus received, he received them five times. He's been beaten, right? Three times I was beaten with rods. Come on, that's a bad day. I can't even imagine. He said, and then he says this. He says, and I was stoned. Come on, not recreationally. He was stoned with hard rocks. People threw things at him to kill him. He says this, three times I was shipwrecked. Man, this this guy is a hero. I mean, I'm telling you, I can't even imagine. I, I, I know that most Christians, if we had been through half of that stuff, we'd be like, I'm good. <laughs> like, like, I'm trying to do this for you, Lord, but really, you're going to have to make it a little smoother. And here he is shipwrecked three times. It says this, he spent a night and a day in the open sea. 
Not only did he do that, but now then he gets out of the ocean. He's cold and he's wet and it's miserable. And he, get, he does this. He goes to gather some wood so that he can build a fire. And as he's gathering wood, a snake comes out and bites him. Be joyful in all things. Come on. And here he is writing this over and over and over again. How can he look at a situation like he's been through? How can he be in a circumstance that he's in and still say this? Be joyful in all things. Rejoice in all things. Be happy in all things. It's because he understood that it didn't matter what happened on the outside. There was something on the inside of him that kept him going, that kept him pushing forward, that kept him moving and if you will understand this that it doesn't matter what happens around me God's joy is in me amen 2 Corinthians 4 16 says this 16 and 17 it says this therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day It means this, the situations around me might be really hard. It might be really difficult. Things might be going really bad. But on the inside, I'm being renewed day by day. Amen? Amen. Number two, you ready? Happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on Christ. Happiness is based on your circumstances. That means the circle in which I stand, that, that's where my happiness is. But there's something about when you base your joy is based on Christ. It doesn't matter what happens to you. You understand this, that I am going to be happy. I am going to be joyful. I'm going to keep a good attitude. It doesn't matter what's going on in my circumstances. I know this, that I can be joyful no matter what. Philippians 4.11 says, I have learned, not, it says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned. Come on, somebody say learned. learned. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Now, here's where it comes in. He learns something. It doesn't just happen. There's some things that happen supernaturally when you become a Christian, amen? But there's some things that you have to learn. I wish I could tell you something different. But one of your one thing that you're gonna have to learn is how to change your attitude. You're going to have to learn how to react to situations. You're going to have to learn. And I believe that God helps us. And God begins to work on the inside of us. But there's something that, some things that you have to learn. And Paul is saying this. That I, I, I had to learn that it doesn't matter what my circumstances are. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. I have learned in all things to be content. I've learned to be happy in all things. It doesn't matter what the circumstances say. So basically he's saying this, it doesn't matter what goes on around me, I'm good. Because I don't get my joy from outside circumstances, my joy comes from inside. Amen? Comes from Christ. Uh, Number three, happiness happens by chance. Joy happens by choice. Happiness happens by chance. Joy happens by choice. See, the truth is, is that you have to understand that you have a choice. 
You have choices. We live in a world full of choices. That's why my wife loves Nordstrom, because there are so many choices. She gets to go in and just choose what she wants. Come on. There's times that you have to understand that you have to make a choice to do things that you don't want to do. Have you ever woke up and not wanted to go to work? I'm a pastor, and I'll tell you this. There are times that I have woke up and gone, oh, man. I'd like to just hit snooze one more time. Come on. Come on. Oh, don't act like y'all are so Christian. Y'all came to the 11 a.m. service. Amen? I've been up since, I've been up since 530. So, uh, but, but the truth is, is there are times when you don't. But the, the thing is, is that I know that I have to make a choice. doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't matter what I think. I know this. I have to make a choice that I'm going to get up, I'm going to put my clothes on, and I'm going to church because it's a choice that I make. There's times in your life that you're going to have to make a choice to be joyful no matter what's going on. Let me tell you, if you do not, if you live your life this way to where it, your circumstances, your situations are what determines your joy level, people will come along all day long and you'll pick you up like a goldfish and put you in a bad mood bowl and you're going to walk around saying well I don't know you don't understand my day's going bad this is horrible let me tell you something the reason why your day is going horrible is because you're letting everything else around you determine what's going on on the inside of you and if you will understand that joy can come from the inside you will begin to change your outside circumstances it's a choice it's a choice. You, oh, you've never told your kids? You better make a decision right now. You can either be mad, be sad, or huh, be glad, right? You can make a choice, and the truth is, is that we expect it from our children, but we turn around and say, but it does not apply to me. Joy is a choice. Horatio Spafford. Uh, Spafford was a lawyer in Chicago in 1871. uh, He had uh, four daughters, a wife, and a son. In 1871, his son tragically passed away. Now, I can't imagine that personally. Uh, The closest that I can get to that is uh, my wife. uh, The first time that she was pregnant, we were excited and she miscarried. And I remember the heartache that came with that. Like, I'm, I was, I'm a big old, I don't cry. I'm, no, you don't understand. I always tell people I would cry, but my tear ducts are rusted shut. But the truth is, is that in that moment, I began to weep. So I can't, and I've walked people through that, but I can't imagine it. Because the pain and the heartache that comes from that can only intensify the older they get. And that was hard for Horatio, but in 1873, there were the Chicago fires that wiped out everything. Like, just destroyed all the economy, everything. One of his friends finally sent for him and said, Hey, listen, I'm over in England, and I'm preaching. He was a pastor. He said, Just come over. Like, you need a break, man. Like, you've had a hard go of it. And he said, Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to. They get ready. They buy, buy the tickets, and something came up. And, but he said, go ahead and go ahead of me, honey. He loaded his wife and four daughters on the ship. And as they were headed over, 
they were struck by another vessel. The ship sank, and his four daughters perished in the accident. His wife was somehow rescued. When she got to England, she sent word. She sent two words. She said, saved alone. Now, I can't imagine the heartache that came with that. But here, Horatio, he, he decided, I'm going to get on a ship. I'm going to go console my wife, who is grieving beyond measure. The captain knows what had happened, and he said, listen, we're going to actually pass over the wreckage. And as we pass over the wreckage, I'll stop. I'll kill the engines, and I'm going to let you just take a time. Take some time and just... Uh, he said, oh, I really appreciate that. And he finally gets there, and he said, we're at the spot. He killed the engines, and he gave him a moment. And as Horatio walked over and he looked down, the spot where his daughters were entombed, he wrote the famous hymn that we've sing, sang many times. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll. Come on. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say. It is well, it is well with my soul. How in the world can a man who had seen so much stuff go wrong and been through so much tragedy and so much heartache, how can he sit back and in the midst of everything, in the midst of heartache, in the midst of his distress, in the midst of his grief, look down at the ocean and say, you know what, it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I'm not happy with the situation. I'm not happy with the circumstance. I'm not saying that it's okay. And I'm not saying that I accept it But I know this It doesn't matter what's going on around me There's something on the inside of me Because the Bible says The joy of the Lord is my strength And when you begin to get this On the inside of you You understand that it doesn't matter The situation It doesn't matter the circumstance It doesn't matter what happens to me I'm not saying that I like it I'm just saying this That God can see you through If you will let him help you. Amen? No matter is well is well with my soul. It's not well with my circumstances. I just want to say this. God didn't cause tragedy. I'll say that right now. I, you might say, oh well, I, I believe that he... Listen, I know that you've been to a lot of funerals and God has said, uh, you've heard the pastors get up and say, well, God just needed another flower in heaven. I don't believe that. The Bible says this simply, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. It doesn't say God comes to kill, steal, and destroy. It says the devil comes, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Christ came to give life and life more abundantly. Let me tell you, God does not cause the situation. God does not cause the circumstance. We live in a fallen world. Unfortunately, there are sickness, there is tragedies, there are things that happen that are beyond our control. And I want you to understand that it doesn't matter what goes on around you. Bad things and bad, bad days are going to happen. But when you understand that God didn't cause it, but he can get you through it. If you understand that God, that it, it doesn't matter. Stop. Stop questioning the character of God and just say, God, I don't understand. But I know this. You can get me through it. Amen? Joy is a choice. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Ready? 
God says this, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life. Now, I love God because he gives you the answer. Huh? How many of you had a good teacher like that? Like they would just say, okay, the answer is, the answer is. I love those teachers. I never learned anything from them, but I loved them. But the truth is, is here God is. He's saying, I, now let me just say, I know that we're not all the sharpest knife in the drawer. So let me just get this with uh, He says, I've set before you two choices. You have two things to pick from. Not a lot of choices, just two. Okay? Okay. I have blessings, good. Curses, bad. Right? Huh? I have life over here, it's good. And I have death over here, it's bad. And what does he say? He says, choose, make a choice to choose life. Make a choice right now to be happy. Make a choice to be joyful. Make a choice to have peace. Come on. You got, sometimes you have to make a choice and your feelings will follow the choices that you make. Sometimes I don't want to go to church, but when I get here, I love being here. Come on. You got to make a choice sometimes and your feelings will follow your choices. Choose life. Choose joy. Choose. Amen? All right, now let me give you three things. You ready? Three things. Say three. Three things that will help you do this. Are you ready? We're nearly done. Say, that means nothing. I like to close. I do it many times. Amen. Number one, stop asking why. Stop asking why. I, uh, I have two kids, and for those of you that aren't parents, Kids go through a stage when they ask why constantly. Y'all, y'all remember this stage? Like you would, you would sit back and, and they'd say, hey, Daddy, why does this? And you'd say, because. Well, why? Because. Well, why? Because. Why? And it just keeps going. Come on. And finally you say, because I said so. That's where the whole phrase came from, because I said so. Because finally you just get fed up with it. You get tired of listening. Because let me tell you, why is an unending question. And if you make the decision to always be asking why, 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 you will die in your whys. You can sit back and you can be bitter and you can be hateful and you can have a miserable life if you choose to always be asking the question why because let me just tell you sometimes i don't have an answer i know that i'm a pastor and i'm supposed to have all the answers and i, I know all the deep theology and every 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 answer in the bible is within my within my very being but the truth is is there's times there's things that i'm going to get to heaven and go god why Why? Why did this happen? Why? Why did this go on? Why did this have to happen? Why did my wife miscarry? Why? But I'm not living there. I'm not going to live my life in that moment. 
I'm not going to live my life stuck in that situation. I'm not going to live my life stuck in that scenario because the truth is, is that I have to just accept that sometimes there's not an answer for why. Sometimes we're just going to have to get to heaven and say, God, I don't understand why this happened. I don't know why. But the truth is, is that I chose to move on. I chose to just say, you know what? I don't understand it. It's one of those things I'm going to have to put in a box and say, I don't understand why, but I'm just going to have to move on. And if you live your life always asking the question why, you will be miserable and you will die in your wives. Why? It's unending. Number two, start asking what? Start asking what? The truth is, is that Philippians, we have this book of Philippians because Paul was imprisoned. We, we wouldn't, I don't, I don't know if we would have it. We probably would. We might not. I don't know what would happen. But the fact that Paul was in prison and wasn't out preaching the gospel like what he would be doing if he wasn't in prison, he was writing the whole time. He's sitting there writing. So what Paul did was, is he said, I, I, I'm not asking why I'm here, but I am asking what I can do while I'm here. Oh, come on. You got to get in your mind that there's certain times that you walk through things in your life that aren't fun, that aren't good. But I want to ask you the question, what can you be doing in the moment that can change your future? What can you be doing in that time that, that not sitting around feeling sorry for yourself or saying, oh, I've had a hard life, but sitting back saying, God, what can you do? What can you do in this situation? I know this. The Bible says that God works together all things for the good of those that love him. Come on. I want you to understand that God can turn a situation around. He can turn your circumstance around and he can turn your situation around. If you say, God, what can you do? What? What can you do in this moment? Stop asking why. Start asking what. Romans eight i I'll read it for you. It says, and we know all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Amen? There was an African king. He had a good friend, and they were hunting buddies, and his friend loaded all his shotgun shells for him. And uh, here he was, and they go out, and they're hunting birds. And the king lifts up and fires the shotgun Something went wrong with the shell and it blew his thumb off. Of course, he's the king and he's mad at his friend. So he throws, and his friend just says this, it's good. You ever have a friend that's positive about everything? Like you just want to punch them in the face because they're, like what are you talking about? It's good because it ain't happening to you. Let me give you something that will make you think it's bad. But he goes, it's good. It's good that it happened. King goes, no, it's not good. You're going to prison. Puts him in prison. He's sitting there, and the guy's in prison, and, and a, a year goes by, and he goes out hunting again, and this time he gets captured by cannibals. They get ready. They're getting everything together, and they're getting ready to kill and eat this king, and they notice that he's missing a thumb. And cannibals are superstitious, and they want anything that's not complete. So since he was missing a thumb, they let him go. 
He gets, he goes, feels bad now. I've thrown this guy in prison. He said it was good. So he goes in and he goes, hey, listen, uh, I, I, this happened to me. I'm really sorry that I threw you in prison. He goes, it's good. It was good. He goes, how can you say it's good? You're in prison for a year because of me. How can you say it's good? He goes, because if you wouldn't throw me in prison, I'd have been with you. And I got all my fingers. <laughs> huh? It is good. Stop asking. Start asking what? Come on. You can turn a bad situation into a good one if you'll start asking what. What can God use? What can God do? What can God uh, uh, bring through this if I just choose to say, God, what? Instead of saying why. The last thing. This is it. It's short, sweet, and to the point. Refocus on what really matters. Sometimes you just need to refocus on what really matters. You know, I, I've, I was a paramedic for years and years, and uh, I've been with a lot of people as they uh, went to heaven. And I never, had, I never had one of them say, you know what, I'm really bummed that my closet's not organized. They talk about family. They talk about friendships. They talk about what matters. And I think sometimes we get off and we let today's circumstance lose focus on what really matters. And the truth is, is that you have breath in your lungs. You have health in your body. You have kids that love you. You have a warm bed to sleep in, amen? You have water. Sometimes we lose focus on what's most important. I had a, when we were getting ready to plant this church, I felt like God had called us to Royce City, and, and uh, we get here, we, we sold our house, and we moved here. And uh, we get here, and, and we're trying to find a venue, a place to meet. And, and I never will forget, I called this place, and they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, we got a great place for you. It'll seat like 40, and I'm like, that's, that's, not, that's not big enough, you know, and it's frustrating. Uh, and so I kept calling and kept calling and kept calling and kept calling, and I was mad. So I called my pastor, who is my dad, for those of you that don't know. I called my pastor, and I said, Dad, I, I'm, this is aggravating. I feel like God called me here. I stepped out in faith. I did this. Now then I keep hitting wall after wall after wall after wall. Nothing's panning out. Nothing's working in my favor. Nothing's happening for me. And he said, hold on. You need to understand something. With every phone call you make, somebody else is finding out about what you're planning. And what had happened was, is I had lost focus on what I'd really come to do. And that was to begin to reach a city. And so every time I pick up a phone and begin to call, and I want to know, I know some of you are in a place in your circumstance and you're in a situation and you need to take some time and just refocus on what really matters. Stand on your feet. Thanks for listening to the Church Royce City Podcast. We are always encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share how God is moving in your life, please email amen at thechurchrc.com.